0: Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Hope you guys got who you wanted on waivers. This this wasn't a, you know, crazy busy week, you know, for waivers. There wasn't too many names that you, you know, want to get outside of like, you know, Raheem Mostert, maybe Tyron McLaurin was still on your waiver wire. But, you know, these these small changes can make a huge difference uh, going forward. So I think Wednesday is one of those days where you kind of, like, want to take a look at your team. Take a look at the teams in your league and and make some offers. You know, try to improve your team. Maybe do some two-for-ones. You know, I I know this morning I woke up. (laughs) This is what I do on Wednesdays. I kind of, like, look around the league and see, hey, like, you know, who, what are some teams' needs you know, do they need some running backs? Do they need wide receivers? And and what are my strengths? Maybe I have I have pretty good wide receiver uh, depth, and I can combine two of those wide receivers and upgrade, you know, to uh, a better wide receiver, you know. And and they since they needed some depth, they might be more willing to take that deal, um, especially if people are zero and 2 you know, those are the people that probably want to make, you know, are more likely to make a deal because they feel like they need to make a change. Um, but yeah, as one of my, you know, one of my favorite strategies is, you know, if I'm looking to make a trade, um, I'm looking at the other teams to see what they need. Um, you know what I mean? So like if, if I'm, I look at my team, see what my strengths are and see if those strengths are other people's weaknesses and, and try to take advantage. Um, you know, because those are the people who are more likely to make a deal. Um, because you know, they know what their weaknesses are. And if you're trying to fulfill, you know, their weakness with, you know, a way to improve that, along with them giving you some value, those are probably the best trades and the best trades that are more likely to happen. Like, if you want Christian McCaffrey and then you go into that to that league manager and you're like, hey, like, I'll give you this and this, but that wasn't need on their team, there's no reason for them to accept that. Um, so it's it's a better idea to kind of an- analyze, you know, what their team might need. Like, okay, you have two tight ends and his tight end is somebody who isn't great and like you know he has oj howard for example and oj howard's been in the bed so you're like hey listen like i'll give you one of my tight ends and you can give me this low end you know rb2 <laughs> or something like that you know you, you kind of want to make those type of deals um or or combine that tight end with another running back or wide receiver to upgrade that running back or wide receiver things like that that's that's those are the kind of deals that i like to do anyway you're here for the running back matchups this week um Going to go over guys that you know you're obviously starting. Like uh, most of these guys are starting, right? Because, like you know, top twenty four. You, if you're if you're a top twenty four running back, you're an RB two. So for you to bench an RB two, you know, a top twenty four guy, it's probably not going to happen. If you are, you really really don't like the matchup, you know, or you're, you're getting a little cute, whatever the case may be. Uh, but let's, let's go over them. So I'm going over starts, desperate starts, temper expectations, and guys that you probably just just want to flat out sit. Um, I'm going to start with Derek Henry um, going up against Jacksonville. Are we really going to think about, you know, sitting Henry <laughs> after his onslaught against the Jaguars last season? Uh, this is typically a tough matchup, but when LaShawn McCoy can gain 81 yards on 10 carries in week one and Carlos Hyde can total 90 on 20 carries last week, we can start gaining some confidence in Henry. Um, Tennessee, they have a good defense. They're going up against, you know, Gardner Minshew. So the game script should be well in favor for Henry to produce with volume. Uh, moving on to Leonard Fournette, eighty-six percent and ninety-seven percent of snaps over the last two games. Um, you know, only Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell are averaging over ninety percent of snaps, like Fournette is right now. So you know, I'm putting, I'm only putting him in here in case you're not aware of how much opportunity he is getting. You know, the box score and his fantasy points might not show it. But these touches are, aren't, you know, even though these touches aren't ridiculously high, too, and the offense isn't great, his floor is still high because of how much he's on the field and how much he's involved in the in the passing game. So he's getting those targets, um, and and that's what you're looking for. Okay, Aaron Jones. Um, I guess this one's a little obvious after last week. I wasn't, like, in on Jones last week, but no one really saw that type of volume coming, you know, from Jones against that Vikings defense defense especially when playing only a little more than 50% of snaps, and and that was a career high for carries and touches. Um, But anyway, the Packers, this week, they're favored at home by eight points against Denver, so there's a possibility Jones has another high-volume day. With the Packers' defense playing very well over the first two weeks, uh, a date with Joe Flacco doesn't seem too daunting. So Jones' involvement in the passing game last week, that was really encouraging as well. So, you know, after a 27-touch week, he's obviously in your lineup. Okay, Damian Williams, uh, maybe not as obvious, but he's more of a PPR start at this point. Um, his chance of scoring is relatively high in this offense, so you know you kind of want him in your in your in your lineup. Uh, he suffered a knee contusion last week; it's just a fancy name for a bruise, so he should be fine for Week Three. Um, obviously, monitor those practice reports. Uh, but the Ravens they do have a good defensive front, but Williams isn't really going to be bringing much value in the run game anyway. Um, you know he's shown some serious rapport with Mahomes in the passing games. I mean, you've seen him, you know, run those real routes, you know. And when when there's a mismatch against a linebacker, it's going to be exploited. And Davey, and you know Patrick Mahomes is going to take advantage. Um, now if Lashawn McCoy misses time, um, with that ankle injury, Williams definitely gets an upgrade. So you know if that happens, he should definitely be in your lineup. Mark Ingram, um, the Chiefs they're favored by about a touchdown in this game. Um, so yes, maybe the game script will limit Ingram's workload. Um, but by the way, Ingram is the primary pass and down back. Uh, but Lamar Jackson hasn't really been targeting his running backs. That, that, that was, that was one of my concerns coming into this year. Uh, you know, will he target his running backs? But either way, the total for this game is set at 55 points, right? So, you know, it, it's going to be hard for me to sit the primary, you know, plus the goal line back on this red hot offense with so many points to be had. Um, you, you want to target these type of games, right? And you want to have as many pieces as you can in these games. Um, it could totally be a shootout between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, if he if he is able to get volume, Mark Ingram, um, the Chiefs have been giving up almost six yards per carry. So in that respect, it, it's a pretty good matchup. Okay, Marlon Mack, um, volume. Like 25 carries in Week 1, 20 in Week 2. Amazing production in Week 1, not so much in Week 2. Uh, but it doesn't matter follow the volume the Colts are favored by two at home against Atlanta um, which is a little surprising to me but Vegas doesn't think Atlanta will go up in this game and if that happens it'll allow Mac to maintain the volume he's been getting um, and hopefully he continues to get 20 plus carries a week that's exactly what you want uh, Sony Michelle um, so the Patriots played the Dolphins last week and if you think that was bad this week the Patriots are favored by 22 and a half points. At home <laughs> against the Jets, and, and yes, I said 22 and a half points, their favorite buy. So, this is the type of potential game script you want to start Michelle in. Uh, no word on whether CJ Mosley or Quentin Williams will be back this week, but the volume should be there for, for Michelle, regardless. And that's what I'm chasing. Okay, Chris Carson, he had 18 touches last week. Uh, he was looking to have a big day, but he lost two fumbles in that game, his third lost fumble over the first two games. He was basically benched for Rashad Penny until they needed him for a late fourth and short to win the game. And I mentioned this in yesterday's podcast. Um, and we don't know what the backfield is going to look like this week. Uh, but I personally have a feeling that Carson will be back in, in you know, the role that he's been playing. hope, you know, probably until he fumbles again. <laughs> but, you know, even if Penny does grab more of a share, I think Carson will be the primary ball carrier, primary pass catcher, goal back. you know, on that run-heavy offense. So he still has value. Um, I'm actually buying low on him this week. Um, but this week against the Saints, the Seahawks go up against a less potent offense than we've been used to, you know, with Drew Brees out. Um, so, you know, the Saints actually have allowed almost six yards per carry over the first two weeks, so, you know, the matchup might be there for him this week. Um, I I know I don't need to mention Austin Eckler, but I just want to. (laughs) Uh, 19 touches in week one, 23 touches, uh, you know, in week two, um, Six catches in each game, averaging 13.6 yards per reception. I mean, that's that's sick right there. Four touchdowns total through two games. I'm starting him as a clear RB1 this week against Houston, obviously. Just wanted to mention that he's an RB1. <laughs> um, so Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert. Um, now, Sony Michelle couldn't get anything going against the Steelers in Week 1, but Rex Burkhead did, James White could. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny were both... Fine against the Steelers, so you know Kyle Shanahan's system coming into town. You know, along with how Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert have performed with their touches. You know, over really over the last year, they've just been super efficient. Um, you know, it's hard not to not start both of these guys as RB twos right now. Uh, Breida's is going to be the primary back with Mostert trailing him closely in touches. Um, hopefully, one of them will get the goal line looks without bringing in Jeff Wilson as a vulture. That that's what we got to hope for. But Jalen Samuels, um, Connor is says he's confident that he'll play this week. But if he were to miss the game with his knee injury, whatever that is, they're being super cryptic about it. Samuels should see a pretty large percentage of snaps, um, enough to not care, you know, about this offense potentially taking a step back. But Samuels, you know, will likely be pretty involved in the pass game if that were to happen. So his floor should be pretty high, even if the 49ers go up in this game. Um, you know, keep an eye on Connor's practice status throughout the week. You know, if he doesn't get any working you know, this week, then you know, even if he is active on Sunday, you might still want to play Samuels, um, you know, as a low end RB2 or a flex. Um David Montgomery, you know, week two was super encouraging for him. Nineteen touches in that game. He out touched Mike Davis nineteen to three. Tori Cohen only had six touches. He also got all three goal line opportunities, finally converting on the third. Um the only concern is his snaps. Like would have loved to for his snaps to be up a bit. Um, you know, this past week, he was out there for 45% of snaps, th- only 35% in week one, so there's a little bit of an improvement there, but at least he's getting the touches, right? Um, The Redskins have allowed backs to be efficient against them so far this season, so Montgomery has a chance to turn that volume into better production in week three. Okay, a couple of desperate starts, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, um, these guys are pretty much splitting their work 50-50, uh, Freeman had a few... Less snaps than Lindsey in Week 1, and then in Week 2, it kind of flipped where Freeman had a few more snaps than Lindsey. You know, it was a tough matchup against the Bears, but they were both still pretty efficient, especially Freeman. Um, You know, what's keeping them afloat with their 10-13 to carries per game so far is their involvement in the pass game. Lindsey caught 4 of 6 targets in Week 1, and 4 of 7 in Week 2. Freeman wasn't involved a ton in week one in the passing game, but all, all of a sudden in week two, he was targeted seven times, caught five of them for 48 yards. So that's, that's pretty encouraging right there. Um, and we know Joe Flacco has always loved to target running backs. He's continued that trend in Denver. Um, the matchups haven't seemed to matter for Royce Freeman over the past two weeks. He has been um, efficient, more efficient than Lindsey, averaging 5.24 yards per carry over his first two games. Um, let's hope that receiving work continues for these two. Um, and their preferred starts in PPR leagues if you're going to start them. Uh, Freeman is a sneaky buy-low right now. He's playing well. It's You know, there's a potential of him kind of like gaining more s- snaps, gaining more of a share, um, staying involved in the passing game, and potentially taking over as the clear goal line guy. You know, we haven't seen too many um, opportunities there, so we don't know what that's going to look like. And before we do, if it's definitely Freeman, he's going to gain value once that happens. So I would potentially buy low right now. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he had 20 carries for 90 yards last week. Leapfrog Duke Johnson as a primary running back in Houston's backfield. Um, Duke Johnson only got six carries, was only targeted once, so he hit outsnapping him 60% to 40%. You know it was a good game script for him. Um, so he's going to be touchdown dependent. He's not too involved in the pass game, uh, but Houston, you know, is a good offense, and you know a, a lot can happen. He could be put in opportune situations. Um I'm not afraid of this Chargers defense, right? Like the height we saw Mac was able to do week 1. Um you know, obviously height isn't Mac, but you know, he can perform with some volume. Uh if you get some goal line usage, that'll be great for him. Um but he'll he's going to be touchdown dependent, so you know, with him not being involved in the pass game, you know, you start him as kind of like a low end RB2. Frank Gore. Um with Devin Singletary Potentially out with that hamstring or calf strain or whatever the bills are calling it. You know, there were some conf- conflicting reports there. Um, Gore can see volume like he did in week two. Cincinnati gave up a shit ton of rushing yards to the 49ers last week. They're only one yard short of Miami in rushing yards allowed <laughs> this year. Um, so, you know, that tells you what you need to know. They're giving up 5.4 yards per carry, um, which is actually worse than Miami. Um, so, you know, if you're playing Frank Gore, this is a pure volume play. Uh, Gore has a chance to plunge him with a goal line touchdown, so that's kind of what you're hoping for there. Okay, Devontae Freeman. He has played terribly so far to start the season. You know, he's ranking extremely low in yards after contact per attempt. Edo Smith actually has shown some signs of life in Atlanta's backfield, but he isn't quite getting enough touches. Now, right now, it is about a 50-50 snap split currently. Um, this matchup has actually been a good one for running back so far, giving up 5.5 yards per carry. Um, Freeman's still involved in the pass game enough to the point where he can turn 15 touches into a low-end um, RB2 return um, against the Colts. So going up against the Vikings in Minnesota and Philly over the past two weeks weren't good matchups. So Freeman has a chance of giving you his first decent game of 2019. Um, by the way, we might need to see Edo Smith more. You know, he's been more efficient in the run game against the two tough opponents on his limited touches. Um, we just can't really depend on his six to seven opportunities per game at the moment. So, you know, if you're desperate, you know, obviously you draft a Freeman high. Hopefully this matchup can, can be one where he kind of bounces back. I wouldn't hold my breath, but it's a it's a much better matchup. Okay, Peyton Barber. Uh, even with Ronald Jones outplaying Barber in week one, he hardly got a chance in week two. Instead, he got a whopping 23 carries. Total 82 yards with a touchdown. That type of volume seems like Bruce Arians wants to ride him um, to keep Jameis Winston's attempts as low as possible. Barber is a decent matchup against the Giants in week one, so if you're desperate at a running back, he does have a shot to get volume once again. Um, so, guys, that you need to temper your expectations on. Carry on Johnson. Now, C.J. Anderson did get cut, you know, and while his touches were reduced between Weeks 1 and Week 2, Kerrion actually ended up playing 54% of snaps in Week 2 from 57% in Week 1. So, his snap percentage went down. Uh, Ty Johnson's usage increased as he played 20% of snaps from 9%. The Lions picked up Paul Perkins to replace C.J. Anderson. And while, you know, maybe we can assume he won't be part of the rotation, we can be sadly mistaken, right? Given this coaching staff's tendencies over the past year. Um, so we want carry on to be freed into that 20-touch, you know, plus goal line roll. You know, maybe some involvement in the passing, it would be nice. But we will have to hold our breath until we see it. The matchup against the Eagles isn't great. But we should see at least 15 touches out of carry on again. You know, you start him as a low-end RB2, and you kind of hope that, He gets, you know, at least 65% of snaps. That's the hope. Joe Mixon. uh, It's been a rocky start for him. Um, He was questionable coming into week two. He had to test his ankle pregame, so we knew that he wasn't going to be 100%. We also knew that Gio Bernard would have a fair share of snaps because of it, um, and that's what happened. If Mixon is is practicing in full for week three, though, he'll most likely be in my lineup as an RB2. The offensive line has not looked great in the run game at all, so, it's, it is tough to trust him right now. But the touches should be there if he's healthy. The matchup isn't great. So, you know, we would be depending on volume and that offensive line kind of stepping up. Um, now, Joe Mixon is a buy low. But I would, you know, really buy low. Like, I wouldn't really give up some serious assets for him because he's, he's a risk at the moment. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if they fix, you know, this offensive line a little bit, the scheme kind of gets creative and Joe Mixon gets healthy... Things can change. Okay, Josh Jacobs. Um, he's nursing a tweaked groin, so we have to monitor. You know those the Oakland practice reports this week. If he plays, you know, going into Minnesota and performing on the ground isn't easy. Um, Minnesota has a good shot of going up early, so we can see Jacobs' volume go down, like we did from week one to week two. The Raiders will want to start the game by running the ball. Um, they will need to stop the Vikings ground game if they want to get their own to thrive throughout the game. Um, it's, it's easier said than done, but so far so good for the Raiders run defense. Um, that, the outside zone scheme, you know, operated by Dalvin Cook is a different beast though. Um, Vegas does have the Vikings as eight point favorites, you know, which usually isn't correlated with a ton of volume for opposing running back. So... Yeah, I'll play him, but, you know, just keep in mind that he has a tweet going. Just keep, just monitor those practice reports and, you know, make make the best decision towards the end of the week. Um, temporary expectations on Alvin Kamara, you know, while Drew Brees is out. I think he takes a significant hit, you know, while, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's in there. You know, the Saints, Saints offense, you know, is a well-oiled machine. You know, it stays on schedule, you know, and that's one of the reasons is able to do what he does. He Like, catching, you know, catching the ball in stride, you know, um, ball placement. Those are very underrated aspects, you know, of Kamara's run after the catch. And Drew B's, you know, hits him where he needs to. Um, You know, and that, that's what gives him a chance to consistently show his special ability in the open field. He went from 20 touches in week one um, to 14 touches in week two. And even if he sees 15 in week three, the quality of his touches won't be as great. He's probably now a borderline RB1. Um, so he's still starting. Um, but just temporary expectations um, on that ceiling that we're used to. Okay, there's a couple guys that, you know, I'm sitting. Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, guys I'm still sitting. The the split is too close for comfort. You know, there's nothing about this matchup that should scare you, but this is a three-man backfield with Sproles actually seeing more snaps than Jordan Howard. Uh, Once the touches go into the 15-plus range or the snaps, you know, become less evenly distributed between the three guys, that's when we should start thinking about having one of these guys in your lineup. And it'll probably, be, it'll probably end up being Miles Sanders um, with him leading the snap share both weeks. Um, Adrian Peterson, he only had 10 carries last week for 25 yards. Um, Steven Sim- Sims even stole a few carries away. Uh, Chris Thompson's the only running back in this backfield I'm willing to start and only in PPR. Uh, but I don't want to. Not in this matchup against the Bears. Remember, they are pretty good. So so yeah, um, I'm okay starting Chris Thompson in PPR against the Bears, but still. You, you kind of want to, like, look elsewhere if possible in case the, the Bears, you know, this offense kind of implodes. Um, but he should still be able to rack up four to six receptions in this game. But, yeah, that's it. That's all I have for running backs. Um, check me out at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Really, 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 really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this and giving me your attention. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys uh, got who you wanted on your waivers and all that. Make some trades. And um, I'll see you guys tomorrow with the wire receiver matchups. See ya.